So I'm going to ask for your uh, indulgence. Because there may be a few times in the middle of this message where I actually sing a little bit. And if it's, if it's like fingernails on a chalkboard to you, please don't scream. That's all I'm asking. I'm going to do my best not to be bad. But I can guarantee you it won't be great. That's all I can tell you. I, one of the biggest issues a lot of people have with Christianity, with the church, with, uh, with people who talk about Jesus, is a sense that, uh, well, we're just a little bit exclusive. That that you gotta be special to be with us. Um, I grew up with a song that, by the way, I think uh, I'll show you in a minute. I grew up with a little song in childhood church. I know junior church. I forget what we called it when I was growing up. It was that long ago. There actually was a time when I was growing up. Um, and, and in that time. We sang a little song that goes like this. One door and only one, and yet its sides are two. I'm on the inside, on which side are you? <laughs> Several of you remember that. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. Let me, uh, there you go. Okay, so those words may come back to us. In fact, for some of us, it's going to be a, a what do they call those, earworms? where it's, the song's kind of stuck in your head and you can't get rid of it. And I will, again, ask you to bear with me. I'm sorry. Kind of. That song is a great example of a bounded community. I, and just let's stay with me for a moment because I know this is... Bounded communities are focused on the wall around them. This is what separates us from everybody else. I'm on the inside, on which side are you? Uh, I'm going to tell you something. I'm a preacher's kid. I grew up, and, and that's a nice little happy ditty, and it's pretty easy to remember, obviously, after all these years. But I've always been a little uncomfortable with that. Because there's just this big emphasis on get inside or you're on the outside and who wants to be on the outside? Outside's bad news. So I began to wonder, even at, as a kid, and now I, I still haven't stopped asking questions, and one of the things I'm wondering is are we asking the wrong questions? On which side are you? Are we asking the wrong question? One of the things I've noticed is that that particular song actually can be sung by all kinds of people in our nation. Uh, well, all kinds of people in the world actually can sing that song, at least that verse, that doesn't mention Jesus and, and just be as convinced that they're on the inside and wonder where, what side are you? I mean, there are people who say that all religions are the same. 
that none of them has a unique claim on truth. And if you disagree, then you're a narrow-minded bigot. I'm on the inside. On which side are you? Or if you don't believe in climate change, you're ignoring the facts and you don't trust science. I'm on the inside. On which side are you? Uh, everyone agrees that my theology genuinely believes in Jesus. And I hope God has mercy on those who don't agree with us. I'm on the inside. I sure hope you are on the inside too. Real Christians vote for, you fill in your own blank, because I've heard it from everybody. Doesn't, it, it, you know. Here it is. It's a bounded community. I'm on the inside. On which side are you? Are we asking the wrong question? Now, if we are, and okay, let's just be honest, I think we are. Uh, we aren't the first ones to ask the wrong questions because we've been focused on the boundaries. When Jesus was here, John records in his gospel, the fourth, uh, in the fourth, uh, the, sorry, it is the fourth gospel, the fourth record of Jesus' life. Uh, and uh, in chapter 9, uh, he records an instance that's a really good example of a bunch of people asking the wrong questions and coming up against somebody with a whole different point of view. Who would have thought Jesus would have a different way of looking at things? John chapter 9. Uh, we're going to be there for a little while, so... If you can follow along on your devices or your Bible, in your Bible, that'd be great. As Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. Excuse me. As Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Folks, this is a bounded community question. Who sinned? You know what it be? the implication was for all 12 of the disciples? I was born with my eyesight, so neither of my parents nor I have sinned. At least not as bad as that guy. I'm on the inside. Because I can't see you. <laughs> so here comes Jesus with his answer. Verse 3. Neither this man. Which like, you know, it's really hard to sin before you are born. I'm just going to point that out. But neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said. This happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, 
Siloam means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Mm. Ah, here we go. This man had a centered community story. The difference between a bounded, a, a bounded community and a centered community. A centered community is one focused on the center, has a relationship with the center. Notice how this guy's answer starts in verse 11. He starts with the man they call Jesus. Hmm. He didn't start with a dis theological discussion of why he could see. He started with the man called Jesus. He said, here's mud in your eye. Go wash it off. I did and I could see. It's a centered community. It's focused on Jesus in this case. So everybody says, where is this man? He said, I don't know. Verse 13, they brought, uh, they brought the man who had been blind to the Pharisees. Now the day on which Jesus made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he received his sight. The man replied, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and now I can see. He did it. <clears throat> Continuing with his focus on Jesus. I want us to stop just for a moment. I want us to understand this. When we have an encounter with Jesus, Jesus gives every person that comes to him a story to tell. It may not be as spectacular as being born blind and now being able to see it may not be one of those stories I grew up hearing about in church I used to rob banks for the mafia but now I'm saved and God has changed me and I'm a preacher it may be as simple as I used to be a proud egotistical spiritually right kind of person thinking I was good better and all of a sudden my eyes were opened to realize I'm not Jesus opened my eyes so I could see the truth about me so here, here this this is where the fun begins we start to see some conflict between the bounded community and the centered community. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. 
He doesn't keep the Sabbath because he spit on the ground and made some mud. I don't know how much mud you can make from spit, but I don't think it's very much. I'm amazed he had enough to smear on both eyes. He probably didn't break a sweat. But he was always, Jesus was always getting in trouble for healing people on the Sabbath. And these Pharisees said, this man can't be from God for he doesn't keep the Sabbath. But others, other Pharisees said, well, how on earth could a sinner do that? How can a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So a bounded community debate broke up broke out. See, the, the, the question they were asking was a simple question. How can a sinner heal a blind man? Well, obviously he's a sinner because he didn't do what we thought we, everybody ought to do in our club, in our community, in our boundaries. He broke one of our main boundaries. So he obviously can't be one of us. He's on the outside He's not like us. And the rest of them, there are others going, but how can he not be on the inside if he can do these things? How can he not be one of God's people? Why can't, how can he not be? So they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. And the man replied, he is a prophet. They're asking, how can he be a sinner and do this? Or he must be a sinner so that something else must have happened because there's just no way was, this could... And, and so he says, he's a prophet. He takes it right off of the rules and goes straight to Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus, he says. I don't know about the rules, but I know about Jesus. They still did not believe that he had been, born, uh, been blind and received his sight. And so they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that he now can see? The parents answered, one, we know he is our son. Two, we know he was born blind. Three, how he can see or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him, he's an adult. He can speak for himself. His parents said this. John gives us a little parenthetical. They take us off to the side and say, let me tell you why they said it this way. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had already decided that anyone who acknowledged Jesus would be put out of the synagogue. They would no longer be on the inside. They would be on the outside. what that means and so that's why his parents said hey ask him he's old enough and so we have this bounded community community focused on the boundaries of who's inside and who's outside arguing over this whole thing and the parents are going hmm, I'm not getting into this any further than to say he's our son he couldn't see and he was born that way now ask him what happened 
And so they, they called the man in again and said to him, give glory to God by telling the truth. Because obviously you've been lying to us. That's the implication. Give glory to God by telling the truth. We know this man is a sinner. He's outside the boundaries. He's broken our rules. He's on the outside. And so the man replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I can see. Not going to get into this rule. This is what he's saying. He's giving them uh, his. He's continuing with that centered community story. I met this man and he changed my life. It's not for him. It's, I, it's not about rules. He says, "I was blind and now I can see." So they asked him, "What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes?" And the man answers, I, I've told you already, and, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Do you want to follow Jesus like I am? That's what he's saying. They hurled insults at him. He, that was it. See, he's still pointing them to Jesus. And they hurled insults at him and said, you are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We're inside the boundaries here. We're on the inside and we know you're not. We know that God spoke to Moses. But as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. He's on the outside. The man answered, well, that's remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, but he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. In other words, he listens to somebody who really is on the inside and connected with him. And he says, nobody has ever heard Nobody has ever heard of someone being born blind being able to see again. It's never happened before, he says. But then he says, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. He keeps bringing him back to Jesus. Look at Jesus. This man named Jesus. If he's not from God, he couldn't do this stuff. And to this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. Yeah. So if the disciples had asked the Pharisees at the very beginning who sinned, this man or his parents, they had an answer. He's been saturated in sin. Forever. He was saturated in sin at birth. That's why he can't see. And now he's saturated with sin now because he can't see the truth. This man can't be from God. He can't be one of us. He has to be on the outside because he broke our rules. 
You're steeped, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. One door and only one. And yet it's Sizer too. You're on the outside. Don't you dare come back. So it says Jesus heard that they had thrown him out and found him and said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking to you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. That's a word that's reserved for God. Don't worship people. Don't worship angels. You worship God. And this man fell at Jesus' feet and worshipped Him. That's a centered community story that focuses on Jesus. And Jesus says, for, for judgment, I came into the world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? A bounded community question. They're still stuck in this idea. We're inside the boundaries. We have perfect eyesight. Well, we can still see where we're going. Right? That's what they thought. And Jesus looked at them and said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim to see, your guilt remains. Jesus responds to them with saying, You, you need to focus. You're not seeing. You're not seeing the very center of the universe standing right in front of you. While this man worships. Sermon in a sentence today. It struck me as I was looking at this this week and looking at this very last statement by these Pharisees. Some of the Pharisees who were with him. Are you saying we're blind? There's nothing sadder than a person who is with Jesus but cannot see that he's the center. And far more important than rules and regulations and boundaries. Are you asking the wrong questions? We need to ask ourselves that. Have we fallen into the trap of focusing on the boundaries about who's in and who's out and lost focus on Jesus as the center? How can you tell? 
when you're focused on Jesus, you'll be asking questions like, who around me might be ready to hear my story of what Jesus has done for me? Who is around me? Who, who might be ready for me to point them to Jesus? When you're focused on Jesus, you, you don't need to worry about defending the boundaries and you start inviting people just to look at Jesus. I want you to imagine with me for a moment a, a community, a nation, um, a world filled with Jesus followers singing a completely different song. In a place of saying, telling people, or at least implying to people that they don't belong, what do you think could happen if we simply invited them to see Jesus? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. That song goes on to say, O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see? There's light for a look at the Savior. A life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Yes. The final verse. His word shall not fail you, He promised. Believe Him and all will be well. Then go to a world that is dying, his perfect salvation to tell. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. We need to sing a different song. It's not about who's on the inside and who's on the outside. I mean, there's some truth to that. But the real question is, are you moving toward Jesus or are you moving away from Jesus? The scary thing is you can be standing right next to Jesus and looking away and moving away. You can be standing next to Him and be blinded to the truth that He is God. To encourage everyone to turn their eyes on him. We need to tell our stories of how he touched our lives and changed us. We need to invite people to look at Jesus and encourage them to follow him. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look at him. Look full in his wonderful face. Turn your eyes upon Jesus.
Let me pray for you and for me. Jesus, some of us don't have a story yet. Some of us are still asking questions and searching and seeking, and some of us uh, perhaps really hadn't started thought, thinking about it, but we've been so distracted by boundaries and what people have been saying about being on the inside or on the outside that, that we've failed to look at you. And so, Jesus, we ask that you would help us to see you well enough that you could transform us. Bring us close to enough to you that you change us. Some of us are with you, but we've turned our attention to less important things. So we ask that Jesus, you open our eyes to your glory again. Help us to not only be with you, but to see you for who you truly are. Amen. Well, thank you for connecting with us site or online this morning. It's good to have you here in one way or another. I believe Jesus wants us to be aware. Aware of those around us that he wants to love through us. There are people all around us who are starting to look for Jesus and they just need someone to come alongside of them and say, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you what he's done for me. Let's give ourselves to the one, to Jesus, who wants to plant love in their lives through us. Come, Holy Spirit, open my ears to hear and my eyes to see what you want me to notice this week and who you want me to notice. Amen. The Father sent the Son. The Son sent the Spirit. And you and I are sent. Go with Jesus.